The viability of any business is dependent upon the leadership's ability to retain and attract new and existing customers. And it is becoming more increasingly important that CEOs and business operators alike use the advent of technology in order to accomplish such a goal. According to my friends over at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, who released a national survey on the relationship between technology and doing business in 2023, it found that approximately 95% of small and medium-sized businesses used at least one form of technology platform to communicate with their customers in 2022. In that same national review, it revealed that 87% of small and medium-sized businesses say that technology and its platforms helped them to operate their businesses more efficiently and effectively. For my friend Chris Hood, he says if you don't have customers, you don't have a business. And he also believes that closing the gap between technology and business is vital if we want to have a thriving ecosystem of entrepreneurial opportunities for anyone to take advantage of. He's an ex-Google executive and, and the author of A Customer Transformation, where he offers a seven-step roadmap to customer alignment, business value, all in an effort to maximize the experience of the customer and for the business owner to increase their bottom line. Hood's also worked on helping the Fox Broadcasting Company tell digital stories for popular shows such as American Idol and Glee. This week, he joined me to have a conversation about the importance of closing the gap between the digital divide when it comes to technology and business and how everyone in the organization should have a fundamental grasp on how Technology can be a true game-changer for business operations. So, without further delay, I'm Kevin McShan. Let's have this conversation. conversation, my friend, by diving into the whole concept of digital transformation. I know you've been in uh, this field for over three decades now, so I'm 
curious to get your thoughts on how the industry has changed, your experience in it, and your definition of a true digital transformation, my friend. Yeah, sure. It's a great place to start because if we look at the state of affairs and how we are in the world, everything is digital. Everything we do has some sort of connection to it. And even when we try to disconnect and go off and take a walk, we still come back and we've got some form of connection, whether that's through our TVs and news, our music, how we listen, getting the weather report, emails, even our podcast right now is being done through some form of digital technologies. So because it is everywhere, it is a critical facet to us. And my experience has been in this digital space for, wow, well over 25 years or, or more. And all I do is help organizations better understand the technology, what they can do with it. And ultimately also, I think the key of it is how do they use that to build relationships with their customers so that businesses can thrive and build loyalty and be more successful. Absolutely. And Chris, I'm also curious to ask you about whether you think uh, this uh, sort of new digital way of doing things will uh, sort of dehumanize us and help us to um, really, uh, I guess what I'm asking is, uh, what are your thoughts on how the digital age can help us better communicate better because, as you said, everyone is digital now. And how do you think it can act as an asset moving forward in terms of building communication and starting conversations, my friend? Well, if we look at the pandemic over the last, you know, again, five years, we'll say, it really opened the door for introducing new forms of communication because we had to. Right? We were no longer meeting in person, so we had to develop new ways that we could meet digitally. Schools were the same way. They started to introduce online learning initiatives and being able to communicate with teachers remotely. So when things like that happen, it changes our need for new ways of communicating. But communication has obviously evolved over the last 50 years. Even if we think about the the innovation of the cell phone, you know, and how telephones have changed. If we even think about, you know, we talked about music, how music has changed the way we listen to music. And so communication is becoming a lot easier in some ways, social media also has allowed us to stay in contact with people we know. But on the flip side, I think it's also created challenges for us because we get used to, well, hey, I can always reach out and talk to somebody. They're right there. I see them on social media. And yet we don't. <laughs> we stay you know, secluded more often than going out into public and, and meeting people and talking to people. So there is both sides of this. There is the positive side, which is let's get on a phone call. Let's connect by a chat. We have video chats now where we can communicate with each other. 
But then there's also that negative side, which is it's preventing us from really that human connection from meeting in person and having a meeting for coffee and having a conversation in person. Yeah, so how do you, what do you think is the key to striking the balance between the two, Chris? The balance? Uh, you know, <laughs> the, that's a good question because I think for each one of us, that balance is going to be different. But I think we also have to make it, you know, part of our uh, daily routine to say, look, I'm, I'm going to put this down. I'm going to put this device down. I'm going to talk with somebody. Um, one of the things I've been doing is actually asking people to meet me for lunch or let's go meet for coffee. And so at least once a week, I try to find a, a friend that I haven't talked to in you know, maybe a couple of weeks and say, Hey, you know, it's time for our lunch. Let's, let's meet up. And you've got to make that active, you know, effort to do it. Otherwise, like I said, the, the technology consumes us and then we just rely on it for all of our communication. And I don't think that's the right approach. Yeah. And, and I know Chris, you're the author of the customer transformation and you provide a Roadmap of uh, uh, align, alignment through seven steps, my friend, when we talk about alignment and value and articulating businesses, my friend. So tell me about the book and the seven steps, my friend. Sure. Yeah, the book is called Customer Transformation. And as you said, it's a seven-stage strategy for customer alignment and business value. And what it really does is it breaks down ways that businesses and companies can implement what we'll call a customer-centric approach across all of the different areas of their organization. And the seven stages are basically really quickly, it starts with customer, it goes to interfaces or the way that the customer will interface with your business. Then we get journeys, like a customer journey, then we get an ecosystem. This is where the community is built. Then we get the culture, the internal team of how things are, are produced and how the business functions. Then we get to technology is number six. How are we going to leverage these digital technologies to produce what we want? And then number seven is the business. And that actually gets back into now, how will the business make money? How will the business grow? and be more profitable. And so the seven stages, if you do them correctly in, in that order, that's going to help you maximize your understanding of the customer, what their needs are, what their expectations are, and then how you will deliver that in order to make your company uh, profitable. Yeah, so let's not talk about communicating with customers from a digital, digital perspective, Chris. How do you think it's made it easier to do business or what challenges do you see in that regard as well? Well, I think the beauty of technology today is it gives us a lot of opportunities to reach out and communicate with customers that we might not have been able to do previously. So even if we sent them an email and let's say you send all of your customers an email, you may get you know, half of them responding, right? But now you've got social media, you've got uh, 
reviews online. People are going to leave reviews of your organization. Uh, you've got uh, like roundtable discussions that you can do virtually as opposed to having people in person to do those. So once again, there's a lot of ways that you can engage with your customers to better understand what they want, what they need, what they uh, are hoping for from your company. So the real benefit is to take those technologies and find ways that you can reach out, connect with them, and have conversations. Yeah, and Chris, how do you think the digital age has really uh, sort of tamped down our business stress or the stress that we have experienced traditionally in business? How do you think the digital age has contributed to making that a little, a little bit easier these days, my friend? Well, if we think about technology in general, and you look at the evolution of technology, so for example, it is now our phones have more storage. There's more space. There's more data. Uh, the connections are faster. Our internet connections at home are faster. Our computers are getting more powerful. Uh, artificial intelligence, as an example, is now out there and available. So as technology becomes faster and more powerful and, and can do more for us, it makes our ability to communicate easier. So uh, let's use the podcast as an example. We're using Zoom. We have video going. We can see each other on the screen. We can have a conversation, right? All of this is possible because of the speed of the internet, the amount of data that we can, uh, you know, travel between us, um, and the technology of of evolutions and improvements have all basically allowed video conferencing to mature and be easier. So just because technology has evolved, it is creating these new opportunities and ways for us to be able to do this easier. So the digital age has helped greatly in some of the uh, opportunities, again, for us to connect and meet in ways that we weren't able to before. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris, why do you think it's important for our digital strategy to align with our business goals? Well, yeah, that's a good question as well, because usually I think people put those into buckets. We think that our business strategy is different than our digital strategy. And today, I would argue that they're one and the same, that you can't have a business without a digital strategy. So your business strategy must include some element of digital and I'm sure that there are people out there thinking, well, you know, I want to create a business, you know, we'll call it, uh, I want to do a pet grooming business. And all I want to do is have a truck and mobile travel around to people's houses and, uh, you know, wash their dogs and, and groom their animals. Well, okay, but how are you going to find those customers? You know, how are you going to advertise? How are you going to get people to connect with you? How can they book an appointment? So all of those things get answered by digital technology. And ultimately, this comes back to what does the consumer want? How does the consumer want to engage with you? 
So imagine if you did want to have a, a pet groomer come to your house and bathe and cut your dog's hair, right? Well, how are you going to book that appointment? Well, most people are going to want to log into a website, find an availability, and even potentially pay for that session right there in a mobile app, right? And if you said, well, no, you know, you've got to call me. You've got to do this over the phone. You know, uh, I don't take debit cards. I don't take credit cards. I only take cash. Like all of those things, people will start to question. And then they're going to go and find somebody else who can accommodate them in the ways they want to engage with you. So if you don't have the technology, that digital strategy, then you're missing out on a big part of your business. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris, you know, I am an old journalist, my friend, so I know all about uh, concise messaging and the impact it can have. But I, I'm curious to ask you about, from a digital perspective, how important is concise and really direct messaging, my friend, and telling a business story? What are your thoughts there? Well, I think... Basically, when you're communicating with anybody, whether that's your customers or even internally with your employees, whoever the stakeholders are, you need to be very precise in what you're communicating. You also should be as honest as possible in that communication, and you should also be authentic, right? You shouldn't come across as, we don't care about you, or this is beneath us, or you know, we're just doing this because we have to do this. I think authentic, truthful conversation that is direct is always going to be the best approach. Now, again, we realize that that is hard for businesses. They have a perception that they want to uphold. They have public relations. They have marketing. They have all of these things that are going to prevent them from being as honest as possible. But we do know that customers like to be, you know, to, to be truthful. The, those, so I think the stories and the way that you approach communication and, and how you engage with your consumers is just as critical as the messaging or what you say. And you have to, you know, again, I think the authenticity is, is the key. And then as, as honest and as straightforward as that communication and message is, the better. Yeah, and Chris, tell me about accelerating your digital potential. And what does accelerating your digital potential mean to you, my friend? So when we think about digital acceleration, we're specifically talking about your ability to look forward and accelerate the technologies that you have available to you so that you can prevent disruption in the future. So there is a distinct difference between what we would call digital transformation and digital acceleration. Even though they are both about transforming the types of technologies you have in your organization, digital acceleration is really the thought that you're going to catapult over what the current state is and get to a future state so that you can protect yourself against any other form of disruption, or any other form of, of future types of technology. So we might say, look, uh, 
you know, it'd be great if I had this type of technology today, but it would be better if I had this other technology because I know over the course of the next three years, it's going to help me adapt and, and accelerate my business better than a slower kind of transformational process. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris, I'm curious to ask you about digital uh, credibility and really uh, uh, creating a digital reputation that other people find credible. So tell me about a digital credibility and the importance of it as well. Yeah, well, look, I think credibility and uh, how you come across with yourself or with your business online is also rooted in some of the things we've talked about, that authentic communication, right? You can't really come across as credible if you're not also being authentic in the process. While at the same time, I think credibility is an area of expertise. Do you know what you're talking about? Can you back up what you're talking about? If you offer a service, can you deliver that service? Right. And so if you make a if you make a promise or a commitment to a customer, are you fulfilling that? Are you doing what you're saying? Now that comes across in online reviews and reputation that we see out there, what people are talking about on social media. All of that can be considered as part of this credibility. But again, I think part of this is doing what you say you're going to do and being authentic in that in that approach. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, of course, I know that you've had previous roles at uh, Google and you also helped the Fox Broadcasting Company come up with a digital uh, storytelling uh, technique for shows like Glee and American Idol. So tell me about your time at Google and working with Fox and how that impacted your career and a life story, my friend. Yeah. I mean, well, look, uh, my time at Google was fabulous. I learned a lot while I was there, and I continue to execute on things that I learned while I was at Google today. I, I had a chance to work with some fabulous organizations across the around the globe, really. And uh, yeah, I, uh, again, there, there really wasn't a day that I didn't enjoy what I was doing. Um, but all of this in my entire career has been around these concepts that we've been talking about is what is digital technology? How does that strategy apply to your business? How can you communicate great stories to consumers? And most importantly is how do you understand what your customers want so that you can deliver to them? And, you know, between Fox and, uh, and, and Google and and definitely other companies that I've been associated with, it's all been around bridging the gap between the business side and the technology side in order to bring a organization together to develop new and exciting products and services again directly for customers. Yeah, absolutely. How big of a factor do you think empathy plays in that regard, my friend? Well, look, from my perspective, the customer is everything for a business, right? I, I often say, if you don't have customers, you don't have a business. So 
you've you've got to think about it in that context of how critical customers are. And in order to deliver, in order to recognize, understand, and deliver to those customers, you have to have the company operating together. They have to all be on the same page. You have to have a strategic alignment internally between your business teams and your technology teams and even your creative teams. You even have to have alignment between your customer-facing roles and teams with your non-customer-facing roles and teams. All of that alignment internally is going to help you deliver to your customers and increase the value, which is what I wrote about. That whole premise of customer transformation is understanding that the customer is the one that is transforming first and foremost, and businesses have to understand that transformation, align with it in order to be successful. This is critical for every business in the entire world, 100% of the businesses. There is no other business out there that would not have customers and don't need to be aligned in order to generate value to those customers. So that is why it's critical. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what I've written about. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris, I want to take just a moment to talk about innovation and how it's interconnected to transformation. So how do you think digital innovation can also help to transform the way we look at serving customers? Yeah, innovation is really about continuously evolving your business to keep up with the demands of your customers. So innovation is not discovering lightning in the bottle, right? It's not necessarily about creating the next big thing. Innovation is a continuous process. It's a continuous evolution. So if we go back to our conversation about like the telephone, you know, we had the first telephone, we had telegraphs, we then, you know, had home phones, we had connected phone systems, then we had mobile devices and mobile phones. That is gradual innovation. That is evolution over time. And businesses have to think about it in the same way. So you might have a product. Well, how do you update that product? How do you change that product? How does that product evolve to continuously meet your customers' demands? If you stay static, if you don't ever change, then ultimately your customers are going to either get bored with you or you're not going to solve their problems anymore. And they're going to go off and find another company that can solve those problems who are being innovative. So think about innovation as your continuous evolution of ideas and processes and uh, products so that you can be more successful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Chris, I was born with uh, cerebral palsy and the type of cerebral palsy that I was born with is called uh, spasta quadriplegia cerebral palsy. Simply means that I don't have enough oxygen in my legs to walk normally and one of the ways that I communicate uh, with business people is through uh, platforms like LinkedIn and doing this podcast is a form of communication and social connection for me. So I'm, I'm curious to ask you, how do you think uh, embracing uh, folks with disabilities in a work culture can be 
beneficial to businesses? And what role do you think technology plays in that regard as well? Well, when we go back to innovation, innovation requires diversity of thought, right? So we think about it as a lot of companies think about it as, well, we have an innovation team and that innovation team might have, you know, two, three, five, ten 10 people on it. And they believe, well, that's the team that's going to help us innovate. In reality, innovation should be coming from everyone in the company. Everybody should be a part of the innovation and idea generation process. Let's say you have a suggestion box. That suggestion box could have great ideas that will help you innovate. That's a diversity of thought. That's allowing different people to participate in that process. So when we have that diverse perspective, when we bring in people that might have, whether that is um, uh, you know, a, a disease or might have a, a handicap or might have a different perspective or might come from a, a different uh, place or might have a different perspective um, you know, in, in any number of areas, it doesn't matter, right? Because it's the ideas and the perspective and the voices that really are important to the innovation process. And so once again, we can look at technology as a way that we can contribute to that process because maybe somebody who's handicapped and can't get into the office and is working remotely can still log in, can still voice their ideas, can still have a podcast that shares opinions. And those opinions can be heard by other people within the organization to drive positive change and to help that, that change innovate and deliver to consumers. So technology is an enabler to allow more people to be heard, to express their voices, and to participate in the processes that they might not be able to do if they were not able to get into the office or not uh, there on site. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris, I've got two questions left for you. The first has to do with putting a bow on what is it it's going to really take to continue the conversation and progress and sort of moving the needle forward and closing the gap between technology and business. What are your final thoughts there, my friend? Yeah, that's a hard one because once again, I think there is always this mentality and, and some of the biggest companies in the world struggle with this same mentality that there is an us versus them, that there is a business side and a technology side. And too often the business leaders have no idea what the technology is or does or how it op you know, what it can do for them. And most of the time, the technology leaders have no idea what the business is doing or how the technology is contributing to business success. But as we are becoming more dependent upon technology, I think it's becoming more obvious to organizations that that, that gap that is between the business side and the technology side has to be removed. And it's improving. I think there are, again, a lot of organizations that we see that improvement happening. But still, there's a long way for us to go to really get everybody on the same page. 
And that just boils down to the individuals within the company. It's okay if you are a CEO, it is okay to say, look, I don't understand the technology. I'm going to bring in technology people who do understand it. But I don't think it's okay for that same CEO then to say, well, I'm just going to be hands off. I'm going to let them do it all. I think you've got to have regular and, and often check in with those individuals, come together, talk and communicate about what the business and the technology teams are working on so that you can stay aligned and be more successful. Yeah, and Chris, I want to end on this uh, question about what do you because I know you're a keynote speaker, my friend, and I, I also do some professional speaking, so I'm selfishly curious to ask you, what do you think is the key to uh, being successful as a, a speaker? And then finally, when you look at your life and your legacy, my friend, how do you want that to be defined? Yeah. Well, from a public speaking perspective, I think it boils down to really one thing, because to me, we all have stories, we all have experience, we all have things that we want to communicate and share with others. I think that's good to have, and you should definitely compile that information, have great stories, know what you want to talk about. But really, the key to success is practice. <laughs> the key to success is doing it. And whether that is doing it in front of a mirror or doing it in front of your friends or doing it in front of a small group or doing it in front of a big group, every single time you go and you speak to an audience, that's practice. Even when you're performing and speaking, you should be looking at that as practice and go back and say, well, that worked, that didn't work, and just, just keep doing it. Like anything else, practice makes perfect whether it's in sports or a musical instrument or a career or anything else, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. So I, I would even say podcasting as an example. This is a form of public speaking. You are talking on the podcast. You are coming up with questions. I am sitting here answering those questions. That is an example of public speaking. You can use podcasting as the way to practice so the, just continue to do that. Continue to speak. If you like to speak, go out and do it. As far as my life, well, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of things that I'm very proud of that I've done in my life. There's a lot of things that I still want to do. You know, I've got a big list of things on my wall of things that I want to accomplish in my life. So, you know, uh, I, I just want to be recognized as, uh, you know, a uh, uh, a great father, I think, first and foremost to my kids, um, you know, a, a good person in general, somebody who is relatable and, and kind, and then at the same time, uh, you know, somebody who was successful, either building, you know, great new things, writing books, uh, you know, thought leadership, uh, you know, there's lots of things that I think are on my list, but um, yeah, I, I think the the important critical things, at least for me, are, are the personal ones that come first. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, tell me finally, if people want to buy the book or get connected with you personally, what's the best way they can do that, my friend? Yeah, the best way is to come to my website. Visit my website at chrishood.com, C-H-R-I-S-H-O-O-D. 
com, And there you can find my social media accounts. You can find LinkedIn and come and connect with me there. You can find uh, links for my book. So you can purchase the book. You can find my blog. You can find my own podcast. All of that stuff is right there on my website. Easy to go to chrisa.com. Uh, fabulous. Well, Chris, I really want to thank you for engaging in a conversation with me about uh, bridging the digital divide and making an, an asset in business. My friend, your work in the space and time on my behalf this afternoon is most appreciated. And I want to thank you for being here. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me.